Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined by... Scratch that. Joined by Andrew Carter. I'm so happy to be here. Wow. Uh, Matt is awesome, but he's out of town right now, so that means the reliever is here. Uh, We are fourth episode of like 100. The closer, you mean. Closer. Yeah, that's nice. The closer. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Andrew, well, thanks for having us in your Let It Fly Media Studios. It's wonderful to be here today. Jackie Wise of Prize Bank. Jackie, hi. She's yelling. She's been running around the room. She's, She's on busy. Eighth She's cup a, of coffee, two whiskeys there deep. There are a lot of loans it's amazing. requested from yes. businesses for Emprise. So. Our guest for this episode is Shane Fowler. Shane's got his hands in a lot of different things. Shane is uh, the CEO of MindMade. Uh, he's at Wolf21, where he's a client services manager, and he's got a startup called Holden Co. Yeah. Shane, we're going to talk a lot about construction and real estate. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Appreciate it. Shane, where do we start with you? Yeah, what do you do? Uh, what do I do? (laughs) Uh, I would say that I have my hand in a lot of different honeypots. Um, but really what I love the most is just being in the presence of great people and contributing to life as much as I can. Uh, but traditionally that's been in the design world, real estate world, development world. And so that's kind of where I try to bring my talents and that's the many faces of me, I guess. (laughs) So let's, so let's talk about each one of these three companies that you're involved in. Let's go one by one. Sure. MindMade. Let's so my, talk about MindMade is a architectural design services firm. So we do a lot of design for tenant infill. We've done a lot of coffee shops, a lot of bars. We've worked with Matt in the past on some of his concepts. And so we do a lot of architectural design, interior design, product design, and some graphic design if, if need be. So that's that firm specifically. And then Wolf 21. Wolf 21 is a, we're actually a general contractor, um, but I'm heading up the development arm of that company as well as small projects. So we're mostly on the build side, development side, performance side um, in, in the real estate market. And who would be typical clients in that specific We're all business? over the board. Uh, a lot of breweries, again, a lot of coffee shops, a lot of dispensaries. And so kind of that smaller local hometown client is, fun is mostly our target. Yeah, 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 fun things. Exactly. So do you get paid in cash or do you get paid in other means? Uh, we won't talk about that. Kansas <laughs> <laughs> uh, City does like to trade. We are a trade Yes, town, absolutely. So. Yeah. And then Holden Co., so Holden Co. is actually, we um, specialize in pre-engineered single-family residences, and we are utilizing mass timber technology. And so mm. that's more of like a, a product base where the other two are kind of service-based. So let's talk about that. What is that? What does that mean? So mass timber is, if you take like a, a two-by-four, basically, you can glue them together, compress them, they're vacuum-sealed, and they come out in huge panels as long as you want. They're usually 4 to 12 feet tall. They can be 80 to 120 feet long. So the idea is they're structural and it's like a kit of parts, almost like Legos, but in wood form. And so you can create houses or structures out of those. And so it's a fairly new technology and we're hoping to get ahead of it. Where are these houses going? What's the ideal location for a house like this? Anywhere. So we started out as adventure housing. So if you think like mountaineers that need like a home base, climbers, stuff like that, skiers, anything like that, that's kind of the ideal solution, but then we started to look more into it, the rising cost of housing, inflation, all of that, as well as labor. Um, Shortages are becoming a huge thing. It's a solution to that for the actual single family residence market as well. And so we found twofold a solution there that works. And so with with these businesses, they're all similar. Yeah, yes, very much. But when you dig deep in, they're Mm -hmm. all very, very different. Sure, yeah. How do you keep it straight? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's all about a talent and it, it's design more, more or less at the end of the day. Um, and so that's kind of the creative thread throughout it all that, that is the blood in my veins, so to speak. Um, 
But outside of that, they're all like brothers and sisters or siblings of each other. And so once you have the language down, that terminology is found in all of them. So Talk to me about designs because you said mm-hmm. that's the common thread. Where did mm-hmm. your passion for design come from? Was it something you were born mm-hmm. with? Did you go mm-hmm. to school and all of a sudden it clicked? Like, obviously, uh, you're great at it and you have <laughs> built businesses doing it. So where yeah. did that love for design come from? Um, I think I was always just a creative individual um, and I'm trying to, so I started actually in college, I wanted pre-med and then I, I wanted to be a pediatrician because I have a certain specific passion for children and helping kids. Um, but then we had a psychologist come in and say 80% of his base was pediatric surgeons who have lost children over the span of time. And so I just thought maybe that's not the best route. Um, and the architecture school was across the street. Hmm. And so I visited it and I just kind of fell in love with it from there. And that creative side kind of kind of rebirthed itself in that setting. Uh, and I just have a, a deep, deep passion for, for design. It's just, I feel like it's the most enjoyable side. Um, it's the art side of the profession that really differentiates itself from any other career field. Is Kansas City a good place for this passion? Is it a good design <laughs> city? <laughs> uh, I'll just be honest with you guys, not really. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's good. A, it, it's an oversaturated market, right? Okay. There's a lot of architects and a lot of designers cool. in this city. Um, and quite frankly, most of them are really, really good at what they do. And so the competition is stiff. Um, but also there's a different mindset, I feel like, in the Midwest that appreciates a little bit so, something a little bit different than if we're on the coast, right? Or even Europe. Europe really appreciates good design um, where it's almost an heirloom. They treat it as a, a generational thing that they're going to pass down. Here it's a wealth generation component. And so the idea is to save as much money on the design side. It's kind of a means to an end, which I don't disrespect at all. I completely understand. Uh, it's just the values are aligned a little bit different. So it's always a fight to, mm-hmm. to get good design, I feel like, in the Midwest because competition is so stiff, but also because it's just viewed a little bit different as a mechanism. I don't often ask three questions in a row, but I know you, <laughs> you absolutely should. I'm very interested. Why is Kansas City so competitive? Because I, I came mm-hmm. from the outside and I – I love sports, right? And I hear mm-hmm. some of the biggest architecture firms in the world are here. And then I see, especially for sports, and yeah. I see the uh-huh. system. And I've met so many people at mid level, lower level, and mm-hmm. it is an art, a design city, but in the middle of the country. And mm-hmm. I feel like most people would think that creativity is always on the coasts, right? How did that? And I'm from Chicago. I feel like there's more creativity in design here. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But mm-hmm. it seems like I didn't hear about that growing up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I asked, like, why do you think that is here? And why? Is there such a deep history with architecture and design in this city? Yeah, I think there's a, a chip on our shoulder a little bit, and especially in the Midwest and in Kansas City, because we feel like we have something to prove because mm-hmm. we compete with the coast. And everybody, I mean, the running joke is we're a flyover city, right? And so we have something to prove. And I believe a lot of people take that seriously and they have a heart and passion. You know, the, the metric side of it or the pragmatic side of it is cost of living is really low. Everybody's super cool here. Uh, everybody loves Kansas City. It's like uh, that an- analysis of if you're in New York and someone's wearing a New York short, you're, you're a tourist. But here, everybody wears KC because they're proud of it. Um, so it's kind of twofold. Like the pragmatics work out to get people here, and then people get here and they have a chip on their shoulder to prove that we have something to offer. I, I guess that's that's crazy. Short it's awesome. answer. So I want to ask a little bit more about this mass timber because mm-hmm. this is not the first time I've heard about this. You know, from what I understand, very very green. Mm-hmm. much more economical way to actually construct things. Mm-hmm. Um, just just kind of one of those where it makes a lot of sense. Right. 
talk to us a little bit about that idea, that company, that's Holden Co. Mm -hmm. the, the idea of building these houses, you know, we're, we're filming this in October of 22. Right. Housing is very, very expensive. Interest yes, rates yeah. are through the roof. Um, home ownership is predicted to go down. Mm -hmm. Really, you guys are coming out with something that is a quick solution mm -hmm. to home construction that over the life of the home, especially, it's extremely mm -hmm. affordable relative to traditional construction, but right. arguably could even be more affordable to build it with mass timber than something else. It's just not traditional. Right. Walk us sort of through the whole entire value add proposal of what mass timber is because mm -hmm. it really could be a big thing that we utilize here in America going forward. Yeah, there's a lot of things that fell into place when it comes to that technology and that ideology. Um, I think first and foremost, you have to look at the problems of an industry and how to target it to have a viable solution. Um, and so for us, it's it's increasing uh, construction costs in general. So that would be material costs, supply chain, transportation, also a fall in labor. So if you look at manual labor and the, the construction industry in general, you're falling at about, I think it's 40% over 10 years. And so carpenters, I think 80% of trained carpenters right now are 50 plus age wise, and there's no one in line to really take that over. So if you think about the manual labor component of it, how do you target that? Well, it goes to, to pre-engineered and kind of a kit of parts to where um, you have to have less know-how or expertise or skill set to put this thing together. And so that was one of the major upsides of mass timber um, because anybody that even has a, a remotely understanding, a, a remote understanding of a, a drill can pretty much put this thing together. And so there's that aspect of it, um, but also just from a pre-engineered and quality standpoint, it, it's so much better in terms of a quality product. Um, there's so much flaws in traditional construction and the quality of that product. So how do we improve that? And Mass Timber is a great solution for that. As well. well, I don't want to get too boring for the listeners, but right. <laughs> but, 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 but the idea for wood is, mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a dork. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just drove over a bridge that uh, is in the city of Mission Hills, and yeah. it's a wooden bridge. Yes. And, and as I drove over it, um, driven over it many, many times in the past. And the first time I saw it, I was blown away. Like this is the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. Um, it's probably been there for a decade and it, it's held, held up perfectly. Mm -hmm. But not only that, um, wood, you know, in our specific building at Jay Rieger and co mm -hmm. it's been around for 120 plus years, the second floor, it's right next to the original rail line. Yeah. Literally we have significant magnitude type events multiple times a day. And that second floor bounces like a really, really tight trampoline. Right. <laughs> but the reason why the building is in such good shape is because they were so intelligent back in the day that they used wood as often as possible for right. all the cross beams, the mm -hmm. floors, etc. Mm -hmm. Seeing that bridge, it kind of brought that back into me of mm -hmm. God, what an intelligent use of wood of something that it's going to swell, it's going to yep. get hot, it's going to get cold, and it's just going to conform to the weather mm -hmm. and always go back to the way that it is. Exactly. Do you yeah. sort of see wood as going beyond just this mass timber and homes? Mm -hmm. Is it going to become a much bigger thing where we kind of, I hate to say it, like we're going back in time a little bit and yeah. just utilizing the techniques that mm -hmm. things that were built so, you know, every time that we touch something that was built... A hundred years ago, an old building. And the reason why we don't tear a lot of them down is because we always say it was just so well built. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what this mass timber movement is going to become? Yeah, I think, I mean, 
History has a tendency to represent itself in new ways, right? And we always tend to respect history. And so to your to your uh, question, the answer might be a little abstract, but I studied abroad in Japan, and Japan has one of the richest histories of wood construction and joinery ever. Um, and not to get too boring, but there's something romantic about it, right, that we appreciate as a society, those romantic notions in history that we revisit and just kind of idolize. Um, and I think that's one component of it. Uh, but I also think that it's there's another philosophy contributed to it, which is biophilia. And in a in a place that's a concrete jungle, we get out of touch with nature. And it's something that we psychologically, mentally want to be attracted to. I mean, most memories, most good experiences are in adventures that happen outside. And so that wood component is that tie in the interior world that will, will spark something different um, for, on a psychology level, on a biochemistry level. So that's called biophilia. It's a new psychology and architecture. Um, that connects you with that emotion in, in an interior space. So I think it applies in several ways. I also think wood is becoming more and more um, achievable in terms of a resource. Pe more people are growing it. More people know how to harvest it better. And so just uh, all the pragmatics and romantics are working out to align that that's a viable and has there, staying power there. Is there a particular type of wood that works better or is it? It's all soft wood. So spruce, pine, fir, uh, Denmark uses large, but I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to bore everyone. But no, mass weeds, timber so. is very, very popular in construction in Europe, is it, it not? It is, yes. And it's taken off more and more. So yeah. yeah. It makes me want to grow a wood farm. I'm like, yeah, well, there should be like more wood around because this is going to be like the new, new, but again, the, the old new thing. The ultra wealthy in America invest in two asset classes that mm -hmm. none of us ever mm -hmm. think of. And yeah. one is forestry and the other are rail cars. Oh, yeah. interesting. So yeah. all those rail cars that are pulled, those are not owned by Kansas City Southern or Union Pacific. They're right. owned by random people. And interesting. They're just I met some it. of those people in Montana. It's pretty <laughs> it's actually crazy. We did a We did a job out there. So you are right. Uh, forestry, like, though, sounds awesome. I feel like of all states, Montana would be the most fitting to oh, have those individuals. Yeah. They are so. in a small town. You think there's nothing there and they are millionaires. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, well, it's really it's, it's really interesting to me. And, you know, we talked about where you're where you got this passion. We talked about mm -hmm. what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Where are you going over the next year, the next five years? Where Where do you see opportunity? Is it mm -hmm. building off the clients you've already worked with? Mm -hmm. um, is it finding new verticals and industries with all of these companies? Where do you mm -hmm. want to go? That's a great question. I don't know if I've been asked that because it's um, it's been full throttle for so long. And I think uh, the pandemic introduced an opportunity to step back and just think about a lot of that. Hmm. And I think for me personally, I love what I do. I've done it for so long at uh, a, ver a veracity that has worn me down a little bit to where I think the future, all I want to do is be doing things like this and having conversations with meaningful people that have an impact or a voice and a point of view. And so it's almost like I've reanalyzed a little bit to where the work is secondary and the conversations and the impact that we're having is the most meaningful part of my day. And so I want to be, I want to lend a hand way more in people's lives than I do on a product or on a service, if that makes any sense at and all. And the product and the service is going to fuel you to get to the position exactly. to be able to do that, which is what you want to do. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. All right. Last question. Okay. Shoot. What is the coolest, and this is Matt Basinger's question, of yeah. course. <laughs> what is the coolest thing that you have ever done? And you cannot say anything that has to do with family. Family or, yeah. 
You know, it's funny. I was listening to some of your episodes last night just <laughs> to make sure I came in with like an edge. But um, I think it was Harry. Was it Harry Campbell? Yeah. I was like, I set a record at my college for track or something yeah, like it that. Was. And uh, I was like, I don't have shit compared to that guy. <laughs> 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 you know, honestly, to just get real, real is like the coolest thing I've done is I'm a survivor. And like, I've been through a lot in my life. And I think just being able to say that you're here and you're showing up and you've overcome is probably the coolest thing I can say that I've done because it takes a lot of work. And then wanting to be vulnerable and authentic and genuine enough to show up and just be yourself and contribute to other people's lives is probably the coolest thing that I do on an everyday basis. I don't I don't have something like over the top, like cool that I've done. See, people like the this, so the problem is, I know he's done so many cool things. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of Japan and, and, and it's like, like, I mean, that was cool. Yeah, that like, was I've, cool. I've yeah. seen those videos of those and, yeah. woodworkers. Yeah. The, answer is, the answer is the right answer. The problem is he's probably like sailed every ocean in the in the world <laughs> and we don't know about it because because you're you're too cool and too nice about it. Well, but. I think I think to to say the coolest thing you've ever done has uh, it's subjective, right? right? It's very open ended. And for me, the coolest thing I've done probably hasn't happened yet. And to me, it's in the form of giving. It's not in the form of like absorbing or something that I've taken in. And so it's really hard for me to to speak to that yet because I don't know if it's been done yet. Yeah. So, well, anyway. we appreciate you giving your time today. This has been awesome. Yeah. yeah. Shane, as Thank you grow you. your business, Emprise Banks there to. Absolutely. Offer you the capital <laughs> for that. Uh, Lots thanks, of buildings ahead. <laughs> thanks for joining us today. We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios. Jackie Wise from Emprise sitting with us. Everybody, thanks for a great show. Shane, we look forward to seeing how you really take these businesses to the next level. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.